And here we are, Rescue Cast 13. Bashing off two in one night, although you probably won't know that because I'll release them over a couple weeks and look like I did something. We get asked a lot here about the gear that we wear, clothing we wear, gear we use when we are out on these events, when we run Grimp Day, when we run training, all this sort of stuff. Not saying that we have the end-all, be-all in gear, but that's what we're going to chat about tonight is the gear that we're using and why. Once again, disclaimer, we are sponsored by a lot of these people. I will let you know as we move through what we are buying and what we are sponsored with because that may take into some of your thought processes or considerations. So let's start at the bottom. Footwear. We had a lot of time where we were wearing different types of approach shoes. We are sponsored by Arcteryx. We were wearing their approach shoes for a little bit. Heck, I wore Vans one year. Those people that have read our blogs will know that. I had a bit of fun. Got a pair of uh, custom orange and black rescue vans and ran with those. Great on iron. Not so much on muddy surfaces, but I mean, I've been wearing vans my entire life, so it's not like it hurt my feet or anything. But climbing iron, you can definitely feel stuff underneath your vans. Very cool there. What we've come up with now, you know, scrounging around the world, is the Arb Pro boots. We've got the, the Clip and Step, which is a lighter weight, and the Evo 2s. Those two particular boots are primarily worn now by our team. Uh, for Canada, I think they're 230 250 bucks a pair. We get them, maybe they're more, sorry, that was US dollars. We get them for a bit less than that. We buy them directly in Europe when we're over there. They're made in Italy. Uh, they have that unique kind of toe on them. If you wear like a La Sportiva style boot, you'll see them on a um, couple of boots like that. It's hard to describe. I'm sure if you're into footwear and clothing, you know exactly what that's called. I am not. I hang from ropes. Yet um, it's got that particular toe on it. The best thing about these boots is it has a piece of webbing, and actually two pieces of webbing, that go around the foot inside of that boot and you can clip a carabiner into there. So when you're climbing, climbing sorry, arb technique, you can just clip directly into your boot. You don't have to worry about that sling falling off your foot because it's clipped directly in. Gives you a little bit like clipless pedals on a, uh, on a mountain bike or a road bike. Gives you just a little bit better feel of it. Gives you a little bit more power out of it. That's not the only plus side of those boots. The majority of our team are now wearing the uh, Evo 2s. Wore them in China. Hot, muggy, no problems wearing them there. Two guys forded rivers wearing those boots. They have not broken down. Lasts have not been, you know, delaminating from footwear, what have you. Uh, we climbed 100 meters in them. Uh, did not even stress webbing. There's no webbing that broke. Uh, overall, great boots. Guys have competed with them. I wore mine all through Taiwan as well. I've worn them when I teach um, both publicly and privately. Really enjoy the boot. It was comfortable to put on right from the get-go. Solid. Have enough support. They're waterproof. They are not steel-toed or steel-shanked. I know that might be an issue for some people. 
like the song my kids listen to, I love it. I don't care. Um, If I can get away with not wearing steel-toed footwear, I wear those. Bit of a tangent. I think as a community, we probably need to get together with some of the OHS regulators around the world and say, I get it, we need to be safe, we need to wear PPE. But some of these sites that we go on, when we're wrapped up and look like, you know, the Michelin man out there, because we've got, you know, all sorts of different clothing on and different high vis everything and, you know, helmets that you can shoot yourself through and, you know, 14 pair of gloves. I am exaggerating here, but they're getting to be a lot of equipment that has to be getting worn on these sites for personal protective equipment. The first thing that happens when we go do a confined space rescue is we dump three quarters of that stuff off of us because we're not crawling through holes and we're not you know, climbing up the sides of buildings, wearing all of this gear. We just can't do it. You can't slide through. It does not work well with the other stuff we're wearing. So we almost need what the um, assaulters had from military units when they're out on the boats, when they're approaching a target, they wear like this big kind of overcoat. It's like a, you know, a heavy duty poncho, like a thick poncho that's, um, keeps you warm you can dump everything off and of course you're dressed underneath that's almost what we need on these sites except for it's going to have to be like safety orange with a bunch of you know bells and whistles on it and maybe that's the way forward but you know when i have to dump a high-vis vest and you know four layers just to go and rescue someone and start delaying my rescue it, it becomes an issue and i bring this up with the boots because i don't like steel shanks when i'm doing rope rescue I prefer to be able to feel what's underneath me so that I can climb. Case in point, we're teaching a local fire department, tower rescue. We're doing some climbing upside of the tower in order to meet the NFPA standard. And me climbing with boots like these, you know, they've got a bit of a toe cap on them. They're a little narrower. They almost look like an approach shoe where you can actually climb with them. The students are climbing in steel-toed station boots. It looks like a monkey fornicating with a football almost with these guys trying to get up the side of this. They're slipping. They can't get their toes into spots. They can't get over onto nuts and bolt heads in order to climb up the side of that. And now you wonder, okay, should something fall while they're suspended in midair and hit them in the toe? Yes, they're going to be protected. The likelihood of that now counterweighed with them not being able to access the patient effectively There is definitely a thought process and a conversation that needs to happen around this. That's the tangent. So that's the footwear we're wearing primarily right now. Up a little bit, pants. Um, Cry Cry Precision G3 Combats is a pant that we wear a lot of when we're teaching. I have a pair for fire in blue. I have a pair in green, and I think I have a pair in tan, depending on who I'm teaching. I love them. My green pair is eight years old. I've worn them literally around the world. They still hold up. They are comfortable. They are a solid pant. Um, They're expensive. You know what, though? Pay bananas, get monkeys. Pay for something cheap, watch it come apart. When you're hanging up in the middle of the air and you're running around and doing stuff, you want pants that are not going to be in pieces when you hit the ground. 
These are a solid pant, the Cry Precision. Cry does not sponsor us. I get no deal on Cry's. I go out and buy them like everybody else. I'd do it again. The other pair of pants we use are the Arcteryx Assault Pants. Arcteryx does sponsor us, so there you go. There, there's the uh, little caveat. I would pay for these. I do get a deal on them. Arcteryx has been kind enough to actually give us pairs for certain competitions. I would go out and pay for them. I like them. They went from the old school Drax, which we started. I used to have the soft shell Drax into the cottons and now into the assault pants. They fit very well. I like the new like thin foam padded knees. If you're out on very sharp or unforgiving terrain, you may want to go back to the older style knee pads, which do fit with those pants. But just the soft uh, foam pad that they have in there that sits in between the layers, it's worked for us. I've been all over the place doing competitions with that. I'm on my knees all the time because I'm old. I prefer them to be padded because they're wrecked. And they last without a problem. Really fond of those. The only suggestion I would have is put that pocket back down on the side calf so you can put stuff in there when you're rigging and wearing a harness because your foot's usually up in front of you. Something like your knife or, you know, little power gel or Nutella when we're overseas. Just some place to store that would be ideal. So those are pants. As far as tops go, uh, we run basically a combination. Um, the t-shirts, we're usually running Arcteryx. They sponsor us, so that's what we grab. They're good t-shirts. Haven't torn any holes in them. When I get your standard Gildan or King or whatever, I end up with holes in them by the end of a Grimp day. The Arcteryx stuff's lasted for years and years. Once again, higher quality, costs a little bit more. It's worth it in there. <clears throat> On top, though, generally now we're wearing combat shirts. Those are the shirts designed for the military. They're your heavy cotton or ripstop kind of cotton on the sleeves with the more wick away in the middle. And it's designed to be worn with armor over top of it. When you're wearing a harness though and you've got a bunch of stuff on you, maybe you're wearing a hydration pack or carrying a pack with you, it's great to have that on the body. It allows you to breathe, but the arms are still uh, hard enough. The Arcteryx ones have pads in the elbows that they come with. Very nice on that front. Now the Arcteryx one, we're wearing their combat shirt. At first it looked like, we called it the rescue tuxedo. We're like, okay, you wash it once and you wear it. Now it's like the rescue PJs. Guys love that thing. Um, I wore it all through Southeast Asia. Wasn't too warm in those environments. Just rolled up the sleeves a little bit, padded elbows. Um, great to keep the sun off of me, but still be you know soft enough and wicking away enough in the middle to keep me somewhat cool. The Mandarin collar keeps the harness from chafing into your neck. Great on that. Um, we do use some true spec as well, combat shirts, depending on where we're working. Sometimes we've got to wear different colors. The Arcteryx, we use their black. I think theirs comes in multicam as well. Really not a great color for us in the civilian rescue world. I get it why they do it. We're not the market they're looking at primarily. So yeah, we end up with true spec every once in a while. I think we've got some orange and some blue as well, depending on where we're working and what we're doing. Once again, uh, pretty solid construction on those. As far as jackets go, nothing beats the Arcteryx. Uh, their Leafline, their Alpha, black jacket, Gore-Tex, 
I've been in monsoons with it, like hurricane winds, not quite, but you get the idea standing on top of barges in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, just getting pelted by rain for eight hours dry on the top of 110 foot um, grain silos doing rope access on the coast with, you know, that great coast, half sleet, half snow, half rain smashing into the side of you at height, dry. No other jacket out there. That Arcteryx Gore-Tex jacket, it's the money right now. It's cut, it's got an athletic cut to it, works nice underneath the harness. Yeah, they're expensive. Yes, we're sponsored by them. I'd still walk out. I think I own three or four Arcteryx jackets right now. I didn't get them all for free. Um, Great quality jacket. Mine is, oh, it has to be seven years old. Still working, no problem at all. So, there's our jacket. I'm just going to cross off a couple things here so I don't repeat ourselves. Helmets. We've got a few helmets. We've been lucky enough to be sponsored over the years. All the helmets I'm going to mention here have been sponsored. I have been given free samples of it. Uh, the cask. Um, I like the cask. I prefer a different helmet, but based on price point, value for dollar, if you're looking for a helmet that needs to be, you know, good for rescue and what have you, the cask does make a nice helmet. It is also ANSI CSA approved if you need to go out onto these types of sites. Value for dollar. I like it over the Petzl. The Petzl I find if I keep it on my head for eight hours, it hurts. The cask does not. So your cask helmet. The helmet I prefer out there in the world is the Team Wendy. It is an expensive helmet. I own two, one that they comped me for Grimp, one that I got pro deal on. I love them. They are, they're a rescue helmet. It's like those Evo boots. They were designed for our world. Um, And that helmet, it is comfortable. I like the chin strap on it, the four point. You can mount stuff on the rails if you're doing con space. I mean, I can have a light up front and two lights on the side. And just the way the helmet fits, it's not like it's dragging your head down one way or another. It's got a great um, system on it in order to hold that to your head. It, it, it Yes, it costs some money. Once again, you, you pay for quality. It is a quality helmet. Uh, the other helmet I use is a camp. It is a UIA helmet. It's a climbing helmet. We can get away with that at Grimp. We can't get away with it at some other places. It is a nice lightweight helmet and... A lot of these climbing helmets, you're wearing them all day out on the mountain. Great little helmet. I love it. Um, once again, camp gave us those to trial, but uh, I've got nothing bad to say about that particular helmet. With the helmets, we primarily, most of our guys have buffs either underneath their helmets or wearing them as sweatbands or what have you. A lot of these places, if you've listened to our other podcasts, excuse me, um, are very warm at times, very sweaty, and you know, just keeping that buff on there to keep water from running into your eyes, or sweat, sorry, from running into your eyes, always a big thing. Um, gloves. I prefer the lighter weight gloves. I burn through them quicker, but I like them. The, uh, I don't mind, like the Petzl, the PMIs, those lightweight, they got the Velcro on the backside of them. Uh, the camp, similar style. 
I've cut the finger, um, trigger finger and thumb. I don't know what that finger's called in other worlds, but yeah, trigger finger. And my thumb, I cut those off so that I have some manipulation around carabiners. I leave my other fingers on so that I can open my hand up and still run rope through those other three fingers if I'm moving down line very quickly and not peel out the rest of my hands. Um, I prefer that lighter weight just for the dexterity of them. Gloves are such a personal thing, though. Harness. Most of our team has moved over to the Petzl um, Avail Crawl Fast International version. There you go. I think I got it all. The one with the built-in Crawl, the International, the Bod Crawl Fast. Um, yes, the have a tendency of loosening off. Your different buckles on there, both on the shoulders and on the legs, I find I have had loosen off. I've also had times when the leg buckles have come undone when I've knocked or jostled through confined spaces and stuff. Uh, Primarily the left one, I don't know why, but the left one seems to pop on me occasionally. That being said, currently it's the most comfortable harness I can find for climbing. I do find the crawl a little low when I do arm technique, as I've mentioned in other things. I do add a piece. So when I say I go foot, I usually go right foot, um, left knee, and that left knee is hooked in directly into my boot to my crawl and then I also run a roll clip over my shoulder in order to keep my upper body closer to that rope and not wear out my arms hanging onto the rope like keeping me in a vertical position. So yeah, um, but still it's one of the more comfortable harnesses. We have been doing some work with another company. I'll let them you know, make the announcement when they're ready but we have been working on the geometry of some of their harnesses and hopefully it's gonna solve some of those problems. The other thing they're doing, which I find really cool, is they're putting gear loops on the back of the legs and you're thinking, who cares? When you're hanging from rope, your feet are up and you're just unclipping something and you need to put that beaner somewhere for just like five seconds so you can move your hands around and do something and get back in. To be able to just clip onto the legs is brilliant. And so they're gonna have some um, gear loops on the legs so you can take that beaner off clip it to your leg you know tie your knot do whatever take the beaner right back and put it into play so it's really close to you you're not trying to find behind you and you're hanging and what have you so that may be a game changer with that harness depends on how it looks when it comes out more to follow on that so last but not least on here packs we run the Arcteryx pack. We've run the Card 45s, now the Assault Pack 45s, for six years. Guys use them as carry-on. I mean, I went to Italy before Grimp once for two weeks and used it around Italy as a pack and then got to uh, Belgium, to Namur, dumped everything out of there on the bed and then stuffed it full of rope and rescue gear and then ran for three days on the competition with it. We've hauled them up mountains, up tower cranes. They've gone to you know, four different continents now. They get beat on. They've been in rivers. They've been submerged. Good pack. We have yet to destroy one. We have damaged two of them. Uh, One of them we stuffed full of gear, shipped home from Germany, and it got cut in the mail. We'll put some Gorilla Tape on it, and it just cut one of the little outside pockets. Pack still fully functioning. Uh, The other one, I stuffed my lid so tight I ripped one of the tabs of the zippers off. I put some 3mm cordage through there, 
made my own tab. Um, yeah, that's the only real damage we've done to it other than general wear and tear. There is some debate on do we keep a waist belt on there. And the newer ones coming out with a detachable waist belt is great because it makes that decision. A lot of our older ones, we just cut the waist belt off. Different user group though, we're wearing harnesses and we have stuff around our waist. It's very difficult to use a waist belt. The other thing that we played with is we put a one inch grommet through the back of one of them in order to access some of the rope so we could get both sides fairly easily. Um, we've also come to the conclusion that the pack when it's fully submerged, it's not designed to be waterproof. I mean, we're using it off label as my buddy Axel would say, but we need a drain hole in it then in order to get the water out of it. And that's probably just something that Arcteryx really wasn't envisioning their pack was going to be used for when we started with it. So yeah, Arcteryx pack. Um, last, I guess I did, uh, you know, say that was the last point. But the other thing is people ask me, what pieces of gear could you not do without? I always have on me a Grillion. I run a five meter for rescue. It allows me to do get on the edge really quick if I'm going to be the edge guy and do those help with those edge transitions. If I'm the rescuer, it's easy to make into a three to one so that I've got, you know, five and a half, six feet of movement in there. Um, you can use it in con space to pick up the patient when they top out, you know, especially if they're wearing a secondary harness on there. So yeah, a grillion. With that, I keep a roll clip so that I can make those three to ones on that, or I can make a three to one on my regular line. So with the roll clip, a rescue sender. Prefer the new Petzl one. A lot of this is Petzl gear. Sorry, I know we do some work for some other manufacturers. These things just are the way it is right now. Um, I run a rig. Um, the new one, I've been trying it out. It's taken some muscle memory to change around with that handle springing back in. I understand the new ID does that as well, so it's just a bit of rigging. And I use an ASAP lock for my backup. Those things, a grillion, a roll clip, a rescue sender, a rig and an ASAP, um, I carry with me pretty much everywhere I go. Uh, the other thing I carry is an Omniblock swivel pulley made by Rock. Um, I mate that directly with the carabiner into my uh, roll clip and just leave it done up. And that way I can make three to ones very quickly. Sorry, not my roll clip, my rescue sender. Very quickly, I usually leave my rescue sender with my grillion. So those pieces there are pretty much always with me. That and a dynamic lanyard for you know clipping into things. I usually keep two of those on me as well. So once again, this isn't, you know, you have to run out and buy this stuff tomorrow. You know, I'm not trying to say use this over somebody else's. People have asked what it is we use and have come up with over the years. And that's it. So thanks for listening.